Good morning, church family, and welcome to uh, the first of two weeks where we're going to be right here online gathering together. I would encourage you to to throw with some hearts on there, some likes on there. Uh, let's comment and let's engage over these next two weeks. Come on, it's an exciting season. We're about to move into a new facility and God is providing. And, and uh, I just want to get into a message in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to make mention of a few things just to remind you of what we have going on and coming up while we're in this transition season. Summer circles tonight at 5 p.m. at Wade Park. We're going to have lots of fun for the kids and fellowship for everyone and we're going to pray together. We're going to have food there. And so we invite you and your family. Come on, bring your kids, bring your spouse, bring your family out. Let's gather together tonight and let's circle up for fellowship and just a great time together at Wade Park. So we cannot wait to see you tonight at 5 p.m. at Wade Park. Serve Day 2021 is just around the corner and it will actually take place before we move into the new facility. And so I'm standing in one of the rooms in the new facility right now and before we get in here, we are actually going to have Serve Day 2021. And so I want to make mention of a couple of things. It's going to be from 8 a.m. until 12 p.m. And so for four hours, we're going to gather together. We're going to divide into teams. And we're going to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus and just do acts of kindness all over the place in our community. And so I would encourage you, go on the app and get signed up for the team that you want to be a part of on that day. That's coming up on Saturday, July the 10th. And so we're going to gather right here where I'm standing. We're going to be in this parking lot right here at the new facility. And you're going to get your t-shirt. We're going to go out in teams. We're going to serve and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So, so make plans to join us Saturday, July the 10th, the day before we move into the new facility. It's going to be an exciting day. We can't wait to serve with you. And I want to just make mention of a couple of details, one in particular, as we prepare to move into this new building and this new facility. Uh, the first thing is, don't forget that it's Sunday, July 11th. It's going to be our first Sunday here. We're excited to gather here and, and have kids ministry here and love on people, reach people for Jesus in this, in this building, in this facility that God has provided. But I want to make mention of a couple of things. The first thing is that we are going to have a change in our service times. So you need to be aware when we gather here on Sunday, July 11th, our service times are going to be at 9 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. And so you can come to the first service, which will be at 9 o'clock in the morning, or you can come to the second service at 10.45 in the morning. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you at either one of those services. Here's something else I want to make mention of is that kids ministry will be happening in both services. So if you want to bring your kids to the 9 a.m. service, we're going to have all of our, our, our kids facility open and we're going to be able to, to have kids services for them as well as at 1045. So I know we've been in a season where we've had one service of kids ministry, uh, but thanks to you and, and people jumping on the team and being a part and everything that God has been doing, we are able to go back to both services now where we have kids ministry available. So don't forget Sunday, July 11th, You'll see it on social media. We'll remind you even next Sunday as we gather together online. But 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m., kids ministry, both services. We cannot wait. We are so excited for you to be in this building and for us to worship and lift up the name of Jesus. It's going to be incredible. And so keep all of those things in mind as we uh, transition during this time. Don't forget, grow groups are still happening the same way as they would as normal during this transition time as well. Uh, today, 
as we're in this, this season of transition, and I know it's only a couple of weeks uh, that we're kind of transitioning over and all of the work that's being done at the new building here, but I want to share a message with you uh, that, I've, that I've titled something that, uh, that really we understand as a church, and, and, and I'm sure you'll understand if you're watching because it's a season that we've been in and a season that we're walking into, but I've titled this message, From the Pod to the Promise. From the pod to the promise. And you'll know where I'm going in just a moment. But uh, most of you know for almost five years now, it'll be five years in September, we've been in what I would call a pod season. We've been, uh, we've, we've been packing everything up into a storage unit, a storage pod behind Heritage Hall. And come on, we've been unloading it and setting it up and tearing it down and packing it back up and doing that consistently and for events as well. And so we've been in this season uh, what we would call a pod season. And then we purchased this new facility. We began making plans. We started a renovation. And uh, we're this close to being able to be in here and gathering together in here. And so today I want to talk for just a few moments on that subject from the pod to the promise. And I've got three things that I want to touch on for just a few minutes as we're gathered here online. Here's point number one today is that the pod was necessary. The pod was necessary. Well, what do you mean by the pod was necessary? That season of our church was necessary. And I want to relate this to a story from the Bible. And if you're familiar with this story of God's people in the Old Testament, then you know uh, uh, this story of Joseph and how God's people entered into Egypt. They came out of one place and they entered into Egypt. And I want to read just a few verses here. It's in Genesis chapter 50, starting in verse 20. Says Joseph is saying this. He says, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. So Joseph and his brothers and their families continued to live in Egypt. Joseph lived to the age of 110. He lived to see three generations of descendants of his son Ephraim. And he lived to see the birth of the children of Manasseh, son, Manasseh's son Maker, who he claimed as his own. Soon I will die, Joseph told his brothers, but God will surely come to help you and lead you out of this land of Egypt. He will bring you back to the land he solemnly promised to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath, and he said, When God comes to help you and lead you back, you must take my bones with you. So Joseph died at the age of 110. The Egyptians embalmed him and his body was placed in a coffin in Egypt. God had used, come on in verse 20, he says, What you intended for harm, God meant it for good. And God brought me to this place so that the lives of many could be saved. What, what others had intended for harm, what on the outside looked like it was a negative situation, God was working it all together for good. God had used everything that had happened to Joseph for the good. It was part of the plan. It was all a part of the plan and what God was doing in the lives of his people and this nation that was being birthed. Egypt wasn't the final destination because God had already promised them a specific land. Many of you know this. God had already said, hey, there is a land that I am providing for you. Back when he spoke to Abraham, he said, hey, go to this land. This is going to be your land. And so Egypt was not the final destination. It was not ultimately where they were headed, uh, but it was an important part of God's plan. It was the place where God had provided 
for and preserved his people. If you, if you know the story, you know that there was a famine in the land. And Joseph, you know, he ends up in Egypt and he, he interprets these dreams that Pharaoh had. And because of that, he gets put in charge of all of the food distribution. And so God used that to be able to preserve his people and to save his people and to provide for his people. And so they came to Egypt because that's where the food was. That's where the provision was at that time. They came to Egypt by means of God's provision during a famine in their land. And we were in a season of set up and tear down because that was where that was what God had provided. I believe that with all my heart that the season that we were in, that is what God had provided and it was necessary. That season was necessary. Listen, if you feel like you're in an Egypt season or if you want to call it a pod season, could it be that the season that you're walking in right now is actually necessary for where God is taking you? I believe that for our church and for many of you watching right now, maybe the season that you've been walking in or that you're coming out of, it was necessary for where God was taking you. The pod may have may not have been intended for forever, but it was necessary to get us to where God was taking us. Come on, the pod season is where we know this, many of us, that the pod season was where relationships were formed. That's where we came together and we served together in that way, and many of you served to set up and tear down, and others served in many other ways. It was where relationships were formed. The pod season was where God brought numerical and financial growth. And, and the pod season, listen, the pod season was where provision was made for us to even be able to get this facility that we're standing in even right now. The pod season was necessary. It's where God provided through you and your generosity and, 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 and people coming alongside the vision. It's where God provided for us to even be able to experience what we're going to experience on Sunday, July 11th and beyond. It was a necessary season and it could be that the season that you're walking in, even though it feels like a pod season, it feels like a difficult season, it feels like a season that you wish would end, that it may be necessary for where God is taking you. Joseph had told his brothers that there would come a time when God would lead them out of Egypt. And so it's important to know that the pod season is necessary, but I don't think it's forever. It's not the, it's not the end goal. It's not the final destination of where God is taking you and where God has been taking our church, even though it was necessary. Joseph had told his brothers, hey, God is going to come and he's going to lead our people out of Egypt. And then we see in Exodus chapter 1 through verse 13 or through chapter 13, we see God's people in Egypt and the time has now come for God to bring them out of there. And so we know Moses is the one that God uses and he leads the people out of Egypt after all of these things that, that God had performed, these miracles and all of these things that had happened. And Moses is leading the people out. And then here's point number two that you need to be aware of is when you're coming out of that season, sometimes the middle is a fight. The middle is a fight. It's a fight to keep your good attitude. It's a fight to, to remain faithful. It's a fight in a lot of ways when you're in the middle. You're coming out of one season and going into another season in your life, in your business, with your family. Come on, we, we transition in seasons with family. And sometimes being in the middle is hard. And it's a fight. And God's people, they leave Egypt after God has performed all these miraculous signs to get Pharaoh to let them go. And then we see these things begin to happen. And I want to go through several verses here and just show you how, what the middle looks like sometimes. Exodus chapter 14 verses 10 and 11. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? 
Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? And why did you make us leave Egypt? And right away, they've just entered the middle. They've just come out and they're at the Red Sea. And they already begin to complain. They already begin to lose vision. They, you know, what God has already done, they, they seem, it seems like they've forgotten some of those things. And then we see in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 3, it says, If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death, right? And it seems like they have forgotten the God that did all of these miracles and these signs and delivered them out of this place. It, it seems that they've forgotten that that same God is able to provide what they need in the season that they're in right now. And so we see that, you know, God provides food for them and miraculously these things begin to happen. And then in Exodus 32 verses 1 through 4, when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said, make us some, some gods who can lead us. We don't know what has happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, melted it down and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, Oh Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. I don't know about you, but there have been many times in what feels like a middle season where I've grown impatient. And here we see people that have grown impatient in the process and then Aaron gives in to their demands. You know, we don't know what's happened to Moses. It's taken too long. He's still up there on the mountain. We don't know when he's coming back down. You need to make us something. Make us something so that, so that we can worship that, so that we can have something to lead us, something that we can physically see with our own eyes right now because we just don't know what's happening because they've grown impatient. And then we go on in Numbers chapter 13. Verses 25 through 33 says, after exploring the land for 40 days, right? They've gone into the promised land. They're, they're, they're exploring the promised land. You know, they've sent the spies, if you will. And it says, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and shown them the fruit and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land was, we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. 
We see that Caleb is saying, no, we can do it. God has promised it. It doesn't matter how hard it is or how impossible it seems. God has said it. And so if God said it, it will come to pass. This is what the promise is. Let's go in and take it. And all of the other ones, uh, 10 of the 12, they, they come back and they start spreading a bad report. They give Moses a bad report. And I can just imagine them going around to different individuals. You know, hey, we looked and we saw and they're huge. And like, you don't want to fight this battle. You don't want to go in there. I don't think we can do it. You know, like we, we need to tell everybody else this is really dangerous. We don't need to even go there. And sometimes it's a fight to keep a good attitude in the middle. And over and over again, we see the struggle of the Israelites being in the middle. It's a fight to keep your faith and hope sometimes in the middle. It's a fight to keep believing in the middle. And sometimes there's frustration in the middle. And I know that we had purchased this facility as a church. And there, it seems like there's been an extended uh, season of feeling like it was in the middle, wondering when we were going to leave one season to be able to enter into what we believed that God had promised us and where we were intended to be. And it's felt like a long season in the middle. And I know that I know that I know that there are some of you that are watching right now that are a part of this service that you have felt like you've been in the middle for a long time. And it's been a struggle. It's been a fight. It's been hard. Listen, I would encourage you, keep fighting in the middle. Don't allow the middle to make you bitter. Don't allow the middle to keep you discouraged. Don't allow the middle to cause you to lose your faith. Keep fighting in the middle. Keep trusting in the middle. Keep believing in the middle. Keep your faith in the middle because God is taking you somewhere. If it's your business, if it's your family, if it's your personal life, if it's something that you felt like God promised you way back several years ago, God is taking you somewhere. Remain faithful. Trust Him. Keep your faith in the middle, even though sometimes the middle is a fight. And then here's point number three today, and it's simply this, that the promise is only the beginning. The promise is only the beginning. We can think that going from the pod to the middle to the promise, that that's the end all, that that is the goal, but that is not the goal. When we get into this new facility as a church, we have not arrived. It's only the beginning. The promise is only the beginning. And after Moses dies, if you, if you go on through this story, God puts Joshua in charge. And as they begin to enter the promised land, here's what God instructs Joshua to do. I love this in Joshua chapter 3, verses 7 through 13. It says, The Lord told Joshua, Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites ahead of you. In other words, all the people that... Our ancestors were afraid of and nervous about and thought we could not do what we're about to do. He says, listen, God is going before us. God is with us. This is going to happen. He goes on, he says, look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. In other words, God's presence is going to lead us into this promise. God's presence is going with us, and it's going to be ahead of us. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand up like a wall. Here's what I believe. As a church, as we walk into this new facility two weeks from today, as we walk into this place, I believe that we are, we are just stepping into the water. 
that we are simply just getting our feet wet in what God really wants to do. That this promise is not the end goal. This promise is really only the beginning of what God wants to do. This building is is not the end. It's just the beginning. It's the beginning of a new season of what God wants to do in us and through us as the body of Christ. And we can only imagine what God is going to do through people, listen, with bold faith and complete obedience. And I would encourage you, maybe you are about to enter into the promise that you believe God has, or you're still in the middle and you're looking forward to the promise, or maybe you're still in the the pod season, but you're looking forward to what God has for you. Keep in mind that when you get there, when, when you walk into that, when the promise becomes a reality, it's not the end. It's simply just the beginning. And we're on a journey to get there in life and our families and in our personal lives and in, in what God has called us to do. We're on a journey and God is taking us somewhere. And when we get there, it's really only the beginning. God is developing us. God is doing what only He can do. But when we get to the promise, it's not meant for us to just sit down in the promise. That That's really when the work starts. That's really when the ministry starts. That's really when the miraculous begins. It's not the end. It's the beginning. And I want to I want to end today with this, and here's what I want to encourage every single one of us to do. Uh, Maybe you're in the middle of something or in a pod season, or you've entered into what you feel like is a promised season. Uh, What I would encourage you to do, especially those of us that are on our way to the promise, and and we're being developed, and character's being developed, and God is doing miraculous things along the way. This is what it says in Joshua 3, 5, before what we just read. It says, Then Joshua told the people, before... They got their feet wet before they stepped into the water, before they entered into the promise. Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Before we go into the promise, purify yourselves because tomorrow God is going to do amazing things. I love what the English Standard Version says and how this version reads. It says, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In other words, get ready. Get ready. Consecrate yourselves. And if you look at this word consecrate in the Hebrew, it means to be set apart and wholly dedicate. I would encourage you in this transition period, in your personal life, maybe you're in a transition period or a middle season, as a, as a church body, as we're preparing and we're working and we're doing all of the things necessary to be able to move into a, a, what we would feel like is a promised season, ultimately. Consecrate yourself. Set yourself apart. Wholly dedicate yourself to the Lord. I mean, be intentional about prayer. Be intentional about your time with the Lord. I mean, allow God to work on your heart because I believe that God wants to do so much more in you and through you than you could ever even imagine. He has an awesome plan for your life. He has an awesome plan for our church. And this is only the beginning. So let's set ourselves apart. Let's wholly dedicate ourselves to God. Let's let's throw off everything that would weigh us down and let's commit our lives to Jesus and follow after Him with everything that we have with complete obedience in every single area of your life. And I wonder what God could do through a church who was set apart and wholly dedicated to His purpose and His will. Just think about it for a moment. What could God do through a group of people, a body of believers, who were wholly dedicated and had set themselves apart, and they were committed to the purpose and the will 
of God. That's what we want to be as a church. That's what we want for you in your personal life, in your career. That's what we want for your family life is that it would be set apart. That your family would be set apart. And that God would be able to do incredible, miraculous, amazing things in and through you and in and through our church. And so we're going from the pod. We're going into the promise. But the promise is only the beginning. It's only the beginning. I want to pray for you, and then we'll be dismissed today. God, we thank you so much for the season that was necessary. Lord, we thank you in our own personal lives for the seasons that we don't necessarily like and that we don't necessarily enjoy, sometimes that we wish we could pray away. But sometimes those those seasons that you have us in are developing us, and they're necessary for where you're taking us. Lord, if, if we're in a middle season as a family or or in in any person's life, I pray that you would help us to keep our faith, to keep a good attitude, to trust you, no matter what it looks like, no matter what we're experiencing. And Lord, as we walk into a promised season, help us to remember that it's not the end. It's only the beginning. We're just getting our feet wet in what you want to do in us and through us. And God, we in advance, we thank you for it. We thank you for it in our individual lives, in our families, and in our church. We thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Listen, we love you guys. We can't wait to see you tonight at, at Wade Park. And we can't wait to see you in two weeks right here in this facility. It's going to be amazing. It's exciting. God bless you.